Hey, Julie. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really excited about our interview today. We're interviewing Megan Crypton again, and we had the opportunity to meet and interview Megan at our live podcast in Boston in April 2022, along with Marilyn Bevins. And Megan just did something really crazy and amazing this month. She ran the New York City Marathon, the Philadelphia Marathon, and then just on Sunday, CIM. She ran New York in 240.52, Philadelphia two weeks later in 231.41, and then two weeks later on December 4th, she ran CIM placing seven in 229.20, a PR. Megan Hard, after running two previous marathons in the same month. How crazy is that? And amazing. I, I want to know her secret because that is pretty incredible. And this was a big goal for her, the sub 230 club, um, as she calls it. But so she is uh, not only already a uh, 2024 Olympics trial qualify Olympic trials qualifier, um, but she has now hit another PR, which I, like I said, I want to know her secret other than that she's very young, but she's also clearly very talented. And I want to know her recovery secrets between these, uh, between these marathons. Yeah. And that's absolutely what we're going to talk about with Megan is you hit the nail on the head. Recovery is key. And Megan obviously did a wonderful job, not only in recovery, but also in building the strength and doing all of the things she could do to stay healthy during the cycle to do something so phenomenal. I mean, this, this is Sarah Hall stuff, what she did truly it's, it's really gritty, really amazing. And like, like Sarah, Megan had no fear about getting out there and running, uh, three marathons within basically the same month. And generally as coaches, we wouldn't recommend that, but Megan is a different caliber runner and Megan clearly is a very gritty, dedicated runner, but also knew in her heart that she had the strength and the stamina to give this a try. And wow, it's just incredible. And we are so grateful that Megan was willing to come back on our podcast and talk about her training, her racing, her recovery, and her mindset uh, that allowed her to achieve this incredible, incredible accomplishment. I'm excited to have her back on. Um, and it was, it's been really uh, fun to watch her progression from Boston, just from, you know, from not that long ago, you know, less than a year ago, her, her progression. And uh, so uh, she's just also an all around great person, really down to earth. Uh, we really enjoyed meeting her and spending some time with her in Boston. So uh, really happy for her. And uh, she really deserves this. And she's worked really hard, I know, for this. So I'm um, really excited to talk to her about how she did it. Absolutely. And just as a reminder, Megan is a professional distance runner and she was, she ran for the first time in the elite field at Boston in 2022, which is why we were excited to interview her in Boston. She's a member of the Atlanta track club elite team, and she's had a long career as a runner. She ran for Syracuse university. She had early racing experience as a high school, all American, and she is now obviously a prolific marathoner. We have no doubt that more thing, more exciting things are to come for Megan. And we're really excited that we had the opportunity to talk with her. So without further delay, we will bring on Megan Kripchen. Have a great week, Lisa. You too, Julie. Bye. Bye.
Megan Kripchen, welcome back to the Run Farther and Faster podcast. The last time we spoke to you, of course, was Boston Marathon weekend, where we had the opportunity to meet in person. And uh, just two days on the heels of your tremendous victory at CIM, we are so grateful that you were willing to come talk with us today. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Um, It's always nice to kind of establish relationships and uh, see you again. Um, And yeah, it's like, uh, I've been a long journey since Boston. So I'm glad we're here to talk about it. Absolutely. So before we get started, just as a recap, uh, for those who may not know who you are, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and just share a little bit about your running background and uh, how Boston was for you in April, which was the last time we spoke? Sure. Um, Yeah, so I'm Megan Kripchen. I'm a professional marathon runner for Atlanta Track Club. So I live and train um, in Atlanta. And uh, I've had a long road to where I am now. So I started out as a high school runner, um, not knowing what I was doing. I thought I was a sprinter when I joined the team. And um, I quickly became like a mid-distance athlete there and and had a very successful career. And that got me a scholarship to Syracuse University, where I still focus mid-distance. And then, um, yeah, just kind of after school, uh, kept running because it's a passion of mine. And uh, it led me to the roads. And um, yeah, here I am. So, um, and I, I saw you guys in Boston where I had a very different buildup, uh, than the ones I had for these three. So, um, I could get into that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So Boston, um, I, I saw you guys in person and I didn't jump into like the nitty gritty of it because, you know, I was, uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to pan out, but yeah, I had a bit of injuries there. Um, um, so we were doing a lot of cross training and a lot of, I spent a lot of time on the alter G. So I'd, I'd say I'd, I, 80% of it, 85% was all cross training and alter Ging. So I went into Boston, like with the unknown of what is going to happen. Um, but yeah, once again, I just ran my own race and I still was confident in like my abilities to like have a good day. Um, and it led to, you know, I was top 20 something, top 25, I think. and I think it was 24th. Um, and I'm at 231 that day. So I think I surprised my coaches and the whole Atlanta Track Club organization um, because they kind of knew where I was, you know, a couple weeks prior. And um, yeah, this goal, this time, this goal was to stay healthy, you know, and, and New York was like my baby. So uh, that's what we were trying to aim for. Uh, it wasn't this triple threat that I pulled off. <laughs> Right. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to go back to your Boston experience. I did notice that, and understandably, you weren't as transparent about your training as you have been for New York. So um, for Boston, you you trained obviously very hard. You talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I did notice when you did your build up for New York, you were, you were much more transparent about what you were doing for your training. And it seemed like you're putting in a lot of work on the roads and, and very transparent about what you were trying to do in New York, which I appreciate because sometimes it's hard to put your goals out there and be transparent. And the fact that you were, I thought was, was really incredible for those of us who aren't elite to kind of better understand what you were doing to build up. Do you feel like comparatively your mindset was a little bit different from, from training for Boston because you were able to 
feel healthy and therefore transparent about your training and bring others along with you? Absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it is good. It is good to put your goals out there. Like you don't have to see it as a failure if you don't, if you don't attain your goals, like it's hard to get them. And if you don't put dream big and you don't have like big goals, like what are you doing? So it's okay to fall short because that goal will still be there. Right. So you can always go back to it. Um, with Boston, like I honestly didn't even have like the content like to, to post anything. So I think I was a little bit more open with New York because I had my coach, Amy Begley on the bike a lot. And so she would get, you know, some videos of me and that was always nice. Um, whereas like, you know, I was alone a lot in Boston, like um, I was in the pool and I was on the Alter G and there's just not as exciting to post about, like, you know, people want to see you running fast and like, you know, be wowed by you. And it's like, oh, you're just like splashing around in the pool. Like it doesn't even look like you're doing anything like aqua jogging. You could like look like you're going really hard. And when you have like a video of yourself, you're like, it looks like I'm just like kicking around, having a good time in the pool, you know? Um, so yeah. And yeah, I think my confidence before Boston was kind of like, you know, just like knocked down a notch and it was like, well, this sucks. Like, you know, and I came off of Chicago in the fall of 21, like having a really good day. And so that just kind of led me to like set myself up for Boston. Like, Oh, I'm going to do even better there. I want to be like really competitive and stick my nose in it. And you know, like be in the race. Like that was the thing. And then, you know, I'm like hobbling around sort of, um, you know, in a good chunk of pain while I was running. Um, even I was in pain, like on the Alter G the first time I went on where Amy's like, yeah, no, like let's shut it down when you shouldn't be in pain at like 85% body weight. So, um, and for those who don't know what the Alter G is, it is just a, a modality to take away some body weight, um, you know, and make running feel a little easier, but still get the legs flowing. So um, once that started feeling better, I was able to like really, you know, really grind hard on the Ultra G. But sometimes you're like, does this translate? So I think that's where like the confidence too came. Like I'd like kill a workout on the Ultra G, run like a stupid amount of miles and really fast. And then like go outside and try to do like five by a mile even. And I like couldn't even run 540 pace. And I was like, um, I want to run like this for 26 miles. <laughs> I'm having a hard time running one. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of like, well, you know, who knows? But, um, again, like I did know I was like really strong and mentally, like when you're on the Alter G or anywhere cross training, you're basically staring at a wall or like, you know, the end of the lane of the pool. So you have to keep yourself floating around in your head in the most positive way possible. So, um, I mean, I, that has helped me in the marathon because I find myself alone and most people do. And at some point you're alone. Um, but I found myself alone at Boston for like 23 miles. So, um, I think that was all the power to the cross training. <laughs> that is great. That is great to hear for those who are injured, um, to know that you were actually able to develop your mental muscle, even when you couldn't develop some of your other muscles on land by doing those just boring things like, yeah. like the alter G staring at a wall in the pool. Just hearing that I think will really provide many folks out there some comfort in understanding that even if your body isn't doing exactly what you want it to do, you can still work on your mind. And certainly that made a huge difference in your execution at Boston. You had never run the race before, and it was your first time in the elite field and look what you did. So that, yeah, that is you. really tremendous. Do you thank feel you. like a lot of your performance at Boston um, 
was attributable to that mental muscle and, and, and just sort of generating the confidence you needed to pull that out? A hundred percent, you know, um, and, and I'll give a little to like, there wasn't really pressure, you know, like my coaches and stuff, they they were like, I don't even know if she's going to finish this race, you know? And, uh, you know, they didn't think I was going to run nearly as fast as I ran. So, um, I think it was just like, they, I had no pressure on them. I, you know, I, I put like the, at the end of the day, pressure is, is really what what comes from within. Like you, you're in control of the pressure, but like you could, you can kind of get it sparked from other sources, but, um, yeah. So I didn't have that much pressure on myself. Like I was like, so grateful to be there. I like, I teared up at one point, like we were, you know, like elites take a bus out and we get hosted at this little church out at the start. And, um, and we were there for, I don't know, plenty of time before the race, like enough time to like lay down for like uh, an hour before you've been warming up. And I remember like tearing up a little bit, like having to hide from other people. So they didn't see, I was like getting emotional, but I was like, wow, like, I'm here. And like, this isn't like how I thought it would go. Like I thought I'd be like the fittest and like the best shape of my life, but I was just so grateful to be there. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make the best day I could possibly make out of it. And so like, that was how I approached the race. Like, let's see what I could do. And yeah, I just wanted to run like the smartest race possible for myself. So I stuck my nose in it early and I'm like, all right, even the coaches were like, you should go out like way slower than I did. I just you know, you got to believe in your body. Like the coaches aren't with you at that point. So, um, and yeah, then I just, I felt strong and I guess the mind really got trained well, that whole buildup. And I just stayed in a good space that whole 23 miles of solo work. And, uh, I mean, I think the people and, um, the Wesley like scream tunnel, like all of that stuff, like was so amazing that I think that just like propelled me even to the next level. So like those girls, like, Thank you. And then like, yeah, as you, I mean, it's just a cool race. And as you got closer and closer into Boston, it was like just louder and louder. And I think it just helped me like get going, you know, it just helped, help me coach, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that story so much. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. When you say that we just put the pressure on ourselves, we're, we're creating these goals. No one else mm-hmm. is. And at the end of the day, and Lisa and I say this a lot, no one cares about your Oh, that's times, exactly like, how know. I was just going to say it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the pressure you put on, like the only person who really cares at the end is yourself, right? It's like, so, you know, you're, you're only disappointing yourself. And even if someone notices what you do and they're like, oh, so-and-so sucked, it's like, and then they forget about it. Like you're the one who has to live with it every day. So like, you should only put the pressure that you want on yourself and you should only be emotional about it like to an extent, you know, cause, uh, don't worry about what others think ever. Absolutely. Do you think it helps with that, with that approach? Because you also have another life. You are an occupational therapist. You do other things besides run. How do you think that plays into your mindset? Um, I just, it's helped me like stay grounded and, and balanced. Like I think at one point I was just running for a little bit. I was doing longer altitude stints and training and blah, blah, blah. And I realized I like was not happy, like, you know, um, and there was like, yeah, that there was more pressure once again, like to make what you're doing matter more, you know, like, um, it's like, I just devoted six weeks, eight weeks to training here for this one race. And it just like, if it didn't go well, like, what was the point? Like, and even though like, there is always a point in everything, like, you know, you learned a little bit about yourself, like how you respond to certain training elements and training style, like whatever it is, like you could pull out the positives, but like it, it just wasn't great for me. So like, yeah, I having the, having my work and stuff, like it, it helps me have like another outlet or just makes running be still like 
the passionate thing. That's my hobby still. Like it should always still be fun. And I think when it be, has become like a, a job for people, like this is my career, I'm a professional runner, like you you lose a little bit of fun and you put more pressure on yourself or like, oh, I'm making, I have to put on a show and I have to do this. It's like, at the end of the day, yes, but it should be fun. <laughs> like you should enjoy it. Um, you can you can have a great day, a bad day, and it should have been like, yep, I love this sport, you know? Um, so having the, having my other, my other world, my other life, um, allows me to keep running being still fun. Makes perfect sense. So, and also gears. I'm just go back real quick. Like it's like also nice for to have like more support too, you know, like, like you have support within your running community and like your coaches and like, if you're on a team, but like when I'm at work, like they are excited, like they might not know like all the ins and outs of running. Like some of them might understand sports but some have no clue but like they just get you excited in a different way and it's like a nice way to like reality check yourself like oh yeah like like what i'm doing is really really cool or like like i'm really good like people you know even if like you're not where you want to be um they keep you like like just keep you in check so it's nice to have that too that makes perfect sense you're you're right when we're in our little tunnel surrounded by other runners and other people in the running world it's 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 sometimes hard to um realize that there are so many people that have never run certainly mm -hmm. never run a race or a marathon so just doing what you do is impressive to so many particularly those who are not familiar with with what each event means and what it means to be on the Atlanta Track Club elite mm -hmm. team and to be coached by Amy Bagley. Like there's so many things that you do that are so cool, but just the fact that you run in and of itself is cool to your colleagues, I'm yeah. sure. And that, that makes a difference. Yeah. So yeah. shifting gears a little bit, you came off of your Boston training and then you decided to commit to New York City, which was of course your goal race. Mm -hmm. And uh, talk a little bit about your training for that, how that went, and as it got closer, what your goal was for that race. Yeah. Okay. So New York is has been the race like for a long time. Um, I am a New Yorker. I grew up on Long Island, and um, I was actually supposed to do New York a couple of years back, but I don't know. My coach at the time, like, it just didn't pan out. Like, he wasn't. He didn't think I was where I needed to be. Whatever. So it's still that like that has irked me for a long time. So anyways, like, um, <laughs> um, I, I've been wanting to do New York, um, go run at home, like have the, the fans behind me, like my fan base, like people that know me or like uh, that I went to high school with that, like, I don't even talk to, or we weren't even friends, like kind of know me. And they're like, Oh, that, I, you know, whatever. So like, I just thought that would be so cool. And like to run on the bears on a bridge, like you, you don't get to do that. <laughs> like, you know, so, right. um, there's a lot of bits of New York that you're like, yeah, I would never get to run here otherwise. Um, so, and it just get like a really nice tour of New York city. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, so that's been a thing. You know, my family is still on Long Island and I have family in Jersey and stuff like that. So it would just be cool to have that and then show up and see it. Um, so like I was dumping my heart into New York um, and yeah, like we just did like, your, our usual buildup, but I did a little bit more bulk. I did more volume. Um, I, we were doing cross train, but it started dwindling away because I was tolerating more, more and more of running. And I feel like I did enough cross training to last a lifetime before Boston. So like when that was on the schedule, I, was like, I, I just don't want to, but um, I, I noticed that like, yeah, I was tolerating training um, and the mile, mileage um, really well. Um, but I still wasn't doing like, like 
anything super crazy. Um, and I, in the summertime we were trying to, I wanted to do like more speed work because I had teammates that were like training for something earlier, like, like a September marathon or like October. So I was all the way in November. So, you know, I was like, I don't want to quite piggyback off of them quite yet, but, um, we did link up a little bit, but yeah. Um, and I just hopped into like road races in the summer for fun. So that's a thing too. Like you could, you could race yourself into shape a little bit and it's like, it's okay to like be humbled and like be humiliated at like a 10 K and be like, um, okay. Like, like I can't even hang with these girls. Like, and you know, I, I didn't care. Like if I posted like a mediocre time, like, cool, like let someone see that. And that doesn't mean anything to me, you know? So, um, I, I think that comes with maturity, but anyways, like, yeah, we just got in high volume. Um, it was uh, over hundred mile weeks, like for a lot of it, <laughs> um, even higher than that. But, um, and is then, that typical for you in a healthy buildup to have over a hundred mile weeks or was that a newer volume for you? I was over that, like before the trials, even with the track club, like we got up there, um, as well. Um, but you know, I had like injuries, um, here and there. So, you know, we were trying to be a little bit more conservative. I think Amy wanted to, me to not be so high, um, just to keep me in check and not have any flare ups and stuff like that. But I think, you know, knowing my body, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm handling fine. Like I could do more. I could do more, you know? Um, and I didn't have any real issues like at all before New York, um, except for the week of like, and I think sometimes the taper weird things pop up. Um, so I had like a little hamstring thing that I started like freaking out about. Um, but we did all like the right, um, you know, approach with physio and stuff before the race. But I think when like your taper is there, like you don't have all the miles to like run it out of you. Like if it's just a knot that's pulling on something, it's like, it's feel, it felt like it was just stuck, you know? And it's like, well, I only have like a four mile run today. And and then like, I felt it in the race a little bit and I was kind of nervous about it, like on the Queensboro bridge. Um, and I think I was came like, came like burling, like hobbling down and my, my family saw me like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I hope she can hang on. Like, but then, then it like worked itself out. But, um, yeah, anyway, so what, what did you do to troubleshoot your hamstring that week specifically that you, um, I, went to, you I had my PT, a, a PT got me in like that week. I don't even know if I had a scheduled appointment, but they got me and they did, did their usual, like, you know, some, um, manual stuff, like digging in there, like some grass mm -hmm. or something. And, uh, we were doing like some, um, blood flow restriction kind of exercises. So, um, and that helped, like, and I like that. Um, and then I had like a massage that week too. And like, uh, an adjustment at a chiropractor. So I did, I did like all the things, but you know, I, like my only suggestion to people is like, you don't need to do a million things. Like sometimes that's too much. Like, you know, like, like do what you need, but you don't have to like get everything done. Like four days out from the race. Like, um, but, um, mine were spaced out. It wasn't all like one day. Um, uh, but even like the day before, like, you know, I traveled and, or I traveled on Friday and I, I didn't get anything done while in the, in the city, which they have that available to some of us, um, in like the elite, uh, rooms or something. But yeah, um, and it was fine. It it was fine. So, but yeah, the build up to New York was really smooth. Um, there were times I struggled, like everyone does. Like there's always blips, like where like maybe I couldn't hit certain paces, or um, like yeah, like the intervals weren't quite there. I was tired. I'm running on tired legs, and uh, but the long runs were really strong, and like my tempos sometimes were like uh, uh, perfect, or they were just like a bit, eh, you know. But 
you can't let those bad, like the mediocre days get to you. It's like, you have to look at the big picture. Um, Absolutely. Was there anything different about this buildup and your buildup, uh, for example, to the Chicago marathon, which was your previous PR of two thirty seventeen? 17. Was there anything about this buildup that was different that you felt um, allowed you to get out there and feel as strong as you did at the start line? Um, yeah, like I didn't have anything really holding me back. Like, um, like Chicago, I, I had like a, I have like a chronic Achilles thing going on. So sh- there were days, my doubles, every double started with me hobbling along for the first mile or so. And then, you know, then it would warm up and then I could run normal, but I didn't have that in this buildup, which was really nice. Um, to not be in pain, um, is a huge thing. Um, uh, so that, that I could attribute to like all my physio people and like, you know, just keeping things at bay or like we figured out the right strength or yeah, just whatever we were doing was working. So I was sticking with that. Um, but yeah, Chicago, I just, even like, like warmups before a workout, I was just like hobbling around. Um, and it wasn't fun. And like, I mean, I ran even like club cross, um, that, that December after Chicago and like, the team was warming up and I, I got dropped so hard. Like, All right, see you guys later. And then like, you know, I did pretty well in the race. It came in like six overall. So um, it just takes a little longer to warm up, but I did not have that for this buildup. So I think just staying healthy was like everything. Um, and then I just don't know what happened at New York. Like it, uh, I thought like, yeah, like I said, like the goals were everything about New York. I, I laid it out there. I, I put it up on, social media or something like my goal was to like come in top 10 there. And, um, I want to have a big PR day. And I thought I was fit for that. Like training kind of indicated that, that I could handle it. Um, I've done well in the heat before Chicago was very warm last year, even hotter than what New York was. So I was ready to have that breakthrough day. I wanted to do it. I visualized it. I, you know, I prepared myself for like how it would feel to you know, come around Columbus circle and just be like nailing it. <laughs> like I wanted to like run up that little last hill before the finish line, just smiling and fist pumping. Cause I'm seeing a, a big time that, you know, that I want like all of that, but, um, that wasn't the day. So, <laughs> um, I had, I had to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even, I could go back to drawing words and fig- try to figure it out, but I don't know. I think it was just a bad day on top of a hard day. And I think it was, and- I mean, you know, you, you've heard this a million times probably since New York, but it was not only hot that day, it was very humid. And even though the temperature this year in New York may on paper appear to be similar to the conditions of Chicago, all accounts are New York was worse this year. And perhaps it was the dew point. Perhaps it was because it was later than Chicago and a little bit later, therefore even more, even less acclimated than one would be if it were in October. But I mean, that weather was brutal for so many. And I, I can't imagine that didn't play an impact on, on everyone's ability, even elites like you who are totally trained to perform at a top level. How could you not be affected by that? It was so tough. Yeah. I mean, more everyone's affected by it. So like, you know, no one should look at their performance or their time like, oh my God, what happened? It's like it, all of what you just said. But I mean, I train in Atlanta. So like, I don't really have as big of an excuse Um than like those training at altitude or Flagstaff where maybe it was like snowing that week, you know? Um, so I just was like, oh, I'm the best prepared for this. Like I, li- this is literally my weather. I train in this every day, but um, yeah, it, just, it was something was off and, you know, 
that happens. And that's what's hard about like sometimes the marathon where it's like, you know, it might be two races a year, spring and a fall marathon. And that's the result. And you're like all this work, like four months of training for this one race for nothing, you know? Um, and yeah, but um, people have like, there was pictures of me and people are like, oh, this is pure like pain or, or like grit right here. This is the pain phase. I'm like, that is not the pain phase. I mean, sure, I was in pain, <laughs> but I was like, that is heartbreak. Like that, my heart was broken during New York. It was shattered <sighs> into a million pieces. And I mean, I was like, I'm getting to this finish line. Like that meant so much to me. Um, but like, I crossed that cr- that finish line and just like bawled, you know, because <laughs> um, it it was emotional just to get there, you know, like and knowing like this is not the day I wanted, you know, like not even close. And you know, I don't How know. Did you if do I that? Opportunity. Like. How did you do that during that moment in the race when you realized that you weren't going to meet your goal? How did you stay in the race and not give up? Because I'm sure you know plenty of people at your level that when that happens, they drop out of the race because Mm -hmm. they kind of assess it and say, well, if I drop out now, I'll, I'll be able to recover quickly and run another race. Not that that didn't stop you. We'll get to that. But how did you stay in the moment and, and not give up? Yeah, I think, I, I don't think you need to go into a race with like plan A, B, C, D, like you don't need that, but you need to like be reassessing your goals while you're racing, right? So, you know, like you could, you can envision, oh, the race is going to play out like this, the leaders are going to go this, and it doesn't go that way, like you have to reassess, right? So same thing with like your goals, like my goal, the big goal was like top 10, run fast. And then like the next goal was like, okay, you know, like slightly off of that, right? A little slower than I wanted, but maybe top 15, like, so then, yeah, the goals were, all right, I, I was still, I wasn't in the race, right? Like it, it's opened up pretty quickly on me, but I thought I was like, I'm running my own race. I'm going to con- like conserve, be conservative because of the weather and then pick it off, you know, kind of what I did this weekend, but we'll get to that. Um, but I, I, I didn't feel quite, I didn't feel quite good or relaxed and in control, even in the first few miles, I was like, uh, this doesn't feel like I don't, you should feel pretty good, like through 10 miles or something. And it was like, not, uh, it was questionable already within five, you know, but I felt okay. But yeah, anyways, reassessing. So, you know, I kind of knew it wasn't happening and I was like, okay. And like, I, I could still kind of run fast. I'm still on pace. Cause I was like, and I was like, and then, in, then when that was getting harder and things were, I was like, I am finishing this race. Like that is now the new goal, like literally just finishing um, and like respectfully finishing it. But I also was like, and if that doesn't happen, like, I don't care if I'm walking, I am finishing this race, you know? So it is just like, everyone should be able to do that for themselves. Like reassess, like, you know, like if your goal was to break four hours or three hours and you realize it's not happening, like there's other goals to be made that day. Like, okay, I want to finish the fastest I can, you know, even if I have to like walk and jog for the next three miles, maybe I can figure it out by 5k to go. Like that could be your new goal. So everyone should learn to be able to reassess and find a new like motivation, find that new light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you know, it's like that light for me was finishing. (laughs) Like, so um, yeah, that kept me going and it was hard. Um, It's always harder. Like, the people who have a bad day, like the race is always harder, you know, like you could, it's just tough. So absolutely. And so you had your bad day and yet you had a great training cycle. So at what point yes. did you marry those two concepts and decide I'm going to try again? So it wasn't even, that was, none of that was planned. So, um, yeah, uh, like I, I have like a video of, 
of me and my my boy and um, like I like we, we I just make these silly videos sometimes but that I don't share to the world but um and I was like oh is that the end of it am I doing a marathon am I ever going to do a marathon again <laughs> I was like one of those and he's like yeah there'll be another marathon I'm like I don't know I forgot how how much they suck you know and like um they're hard you know and then he's like there'll be another one and not that we were planning and then my friend who is the lead coordinator of Philly like right after the race or the next day, whatever. I was like, you want another crack at it in two weeks? And I was like, you're, you're kidding, right? Like that's, that's, that's hilarious. And, and he was, he, you know, whatever. And he was like, I don't know if you want to, it's, it's there. And I'm like, haha. Like, and then, you know, dangling fruit, I was just like, you know what, let me think about it. <laughs> and so like, I took like a few days off, like two or three days off. And I was like, yeah, I actually feel fine. Like, I think I knew I felt fine, like right after the race, like walking down the stairs and just like, you know, we walked into Central Park the next morning. And I was like, I felt like I feel like I just did like a long run yesterday. Like, it's not not a big deal. And so that's where it was like, can I pull this off? Like, and yeah, I did like two easy runs. And then I just like went to practice with our mid D crew that that Saturday and was like, let me just hop into their workout. It'd be funny. And like, and then I just like, I hung out with their top girl that was doing repeat miles that day. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to text him. Yep. Like sign me up. Like, and so that's how it happened. Um, so really it was just coach, kind of like a joke. What did your coach? Oh my God. So, <laughs> well, that was a, that was a whole nother thing. So Amy was on vacation, um, you know, with her family. So it's like, um, I couldn't get a hold of her for a little bit. Like, hey, can we talk? Oh, hey, we're traveling. Like, uh, we don't have service. Like, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Like, it was just one of these, like, you know, like uh, trying to get a hold of her games, you know. Um, and so I, I went on full force. Like, I'm just doing this. And like, I, I work with my, my agent, like, um, how I manage my group. And like, I didn't even get in touch with them because, like, I was like, oh, this is just for fun, you know. Like, my friend is, my friend is doing this. Like, he doesn't care what the outcome is, you know. And um, Anyways, I finally get in touch with Amy. I think it was Thursday before Sunday's race. And finally, like, you know, because she called me. I was at work, whatever. And then I was like, hey, so um, I, I don't really know how to tell you this. <laughs> and she was like, okay. And she's all worried. And then I was like, so Philadelphia Marathon's on Sunday. Uh-huh. And, and um, I'm in it. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, And so... She was like, okay. And like, you know, it's like a conversation. Like, I really honestly feel fine. Like, like, I think I could do this. And, you know, she was hesitant at first. And then she's like, honestly, you know what, if this is making you happy, and you think you want to do this, like, go for it. You know, like, uh, you know, she's like, I mean, you're, you're a mature athlete, like, you're not at the early stage. He was like, labeled a few people, like, if you were so and so and so and so just starting out, absolutely not. But like, you know, uh, you know you so go ahead and um so I got the green light there and then um John with my management group like texted me like uh Friday when I was like arriving he was like hey I'm in I'm in town uh, let me know if you need anything and I was like oh hey <laughs> like I'm here in Philly uh surprise <laughs> like and so he laughed and it was like this whole thing and then um it was like okay well I better have a decent day <laughs> you know um but no one had any pressure on me like Colin, the race uh, coordinator was just kind of like, I either thought you were going to have a great day or like a horrible day. Like there was no middle zone, you know? So, um, yeah. And I think I was more thrilled by the challenge. Like, you know, that was the thrill. Like, can I do this? Like, it would be hilarious if I like won the race or something like, you know, like, um, so it just became like a new challenge for me. Um, do you so think, I think, 
Do you think that running the race on the heels of New York, where that was originally your goal race, and then running Philly just to see what you could do and not having the same pressure helped you when you arrived in Philly to not feel the same way you might have felt yeah. at a different goal race? It kind of. And it's like, you know, like the little brother city, you know, it's like, you know, um, it was kind of cool to be there. Um, but yeah, like there was literally no pressure on me. So um, and I didn't even put it on myself. Like I was so relaxed that race morning. Like, you know, we all walked to the start, the elite area. And like, I, I was like, felt so calm. I, I was like talking to some friends. Like I was not like all hyped up and like anxious and the butterflies in my stomach. It was just kind of like, let's just go to battle with myself today and see what I could do. You know, <laughs> like, cause I also knew like I could get three, four five miles into this race and be like, this was a big mistake. <laughs> like, you know, so, um, it was just kind of like, let's just coast and figure it out and see what the body does. And, you know, like we did go out hard, uh, the, the front group of women. And, and I had to kind of think to myself, like, mm, I should hold back a, a smidgen. And I did le let the leader go, um, which I gave her, I guess, too much space. But um, just because I was like, I don't know what <laughs> what this is going to look like in five miles from now. So, um, but yeah, the lack of pressure and just kind of the casual approach to it was nice. Also, Philly was like on my way up north, you know, to go visit my family for Thanksgiving. So like things just like happened to work out, you know? Um, and yeah, like, and it was just like a great day. And I closed like the fastest I've ever finished in a marathon. So like, that was like a nice, like uplifting feeling, which got me thinking for the next one. <laughs> So you really ran an incredible race in Philly. Did you have a specific strategy or besides what you just mentioned was, let me just see what I can do, but you must've had somewhat of a plan based on the course and, and based on your training and then your recovery in between New York and Philly. Did you have a strategy? Um, so I, I did think I was capable of like PRing cause I, I was really fit for New York. Um, so like it wasn't, you know, like, Oh, I wanted to pull off this triple and New York was going to be the slowest and it got that. That just is how it happened. Um, and like any, like, again, like New York, uh, Philly or CIM were not like redemption for New York. It just like, ha like happened, you know, but um, yeah. So we went out hard and I was like, I am on way faster than PR pace. Cause we were running like, you know, um, I don't even like 226 to 27 pace at that point. And I was like, first of all, like, I don't know if I, like I have never done this before. Right. Like, um, like, <laughs> I mean, we did that at New York, like we went out fast, but we were just on. So I just kind of made that mental note of like, I need to hold back just to like, just to the pace I am comfortable with, like, even if it was PR pace, um, but just not overkill. Like, and I, I looked at like the course and I saw the weather and like, you know, the weather was just like very cold and like super windy. So I was like, you know, this could turn out really bad. <laughs> like, it, you know, I was like, if, if Amber who won, like if she blew up, she, she blew up a little bit, like, uh, but prior to the race, if, she, if whoever's leading blows up, I'm going to blow up harder. That's how I approached it. You know, like, so I wanted to be within myself. So if I was even just like, let me coast on behind the leaders, whoever that is. And she had someone else with her. So I was like in third, fourth, um, for a little bit. And then I started working my way up. And I think it was like by halfway that I'm like, I feel fine. Like, let's go, you know? And like, um, and I started working, but the problem was like, I was alone a lot or I had one uh, Ethiopian girl with me that she was just kind of like sitting on me, you know? So I wasn't, 
it was nice to have pressure from her, but she wasn't working with me. Um, but like I was fighting like 20 mile an hour winds by myself. <laughs> like, and even like the men would like sometimes come up, but they wouldn't shield us. It was like either they were sitting on us two and we're like, can you guys help? Or they would just blow by us. So um, yeah, I think just knowing the wind and then with, I think 10K to go is when like, maybe we had a little bit more wind support, but it was, it was swirling. But yeah, anyways, the point is like, I wanted to be a little bit more controlled early and then work my way. And then I had no idea I was closing that hard (laughs) until like it was almost too late. Um, But yeah. And you did close hard because you finished just six seconds behind the winner, Amber Zimmerman. Um, So when you finished in second place, which is amazing with a time that is just incredible right off the heels of a marathon two weeks early and only about third, 20 seconds off your 25 seconds off your PR in Chicago, right? No, it was like um, a, a minute, minute and change. Minute yeah. And yeah. So on a much more difficult day with more difficult conditions because the win, when you finish and you cross the finish line, how did you feel at that moment? Well, I, t- okay. The truth behold is like, um, I was like, God damn it. Six seconds. <laughs> like that, that was the first <laughs> thing I said, like, um, I was like, or like I needed 200 more meters or something. So, I mean, I was, you know, congrats to Amber and stuff, but I was like, I mean, she, she knew I was coming, but like, she was like, thank God the race ended when it ended. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was just like, God damn. And like, that would have just been like icing on the cake right there. You know, like, been like, holy crap, like come back from New York and win this race. And like, that was super fun, you know? Um, but yeah, that uh, six seconds ate me, you know, like I was, it was like, it's eating me. And I was just like, you know what, I, I'm going to do another one. <laughs> but that CIM just started as a joke and I posted about it. I was like, what do you guys think? I, should I do CIM in two weeks? Um, Cause people were like impressed with my Philly and I, and Alphine was at the finish line. Um, and she was like impressed by it. Like, well, like that was awesome. I don't know how you just pulled that off. Like, you know, and that was nice, but um, yeah. So after that, I was just like, yeah, the six seconds. And then I was like, wow, I closed really hard. I was really proud of myself with that. I was like, I felt so good. Like the last, like, I don't know, four or five miles, you know, like usually you're feeling kind of rough. (laughs) Like, So I was like, I felt like I could keep going, you know? And, and so that's, here we are. That's amazing. It must have helped a little to have Alephine complimenting your race execution at the finish, even though it stung to. to oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Alephine, yeah. she's like such a sweetheart. She's like super nice. She's always has the biggest smile. So mm-hmm. I finished and she was there, gave me a big hug. And like, yeah, getting some kind words from her was just like, you know, it just made me feel good. Right. So, um, and then she's like, you know, I, I've heard things like, you know, like if you were thinking you're done, you're not done. Like, you know, like you've got, you've got a lot left in you. Um, so that was nice of her. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And do you have any insight as to how you were able to recover from New York so quickly? Because I know you, you mentioned that you felt great the next day, but truth, truthfully, it was such a hot race that, that, that wreaks havoc on our bodies. And the fact that you were able to recover in a two week period from that race, travel twice, you traveled home, and then you trained up a little bit, recovered, and then traveled to Philly. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And how do you think you were able to absorb the recovery, the work, the travel, and get out there and blaze through that course the way you did? I 
Uh, yeah, I, I, good question. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, I don't know either, um, everyone. So there, there's no like magic <laughs> here, but, um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, after New York, like I did get like, you know, like the usual got like good food in me, whatever, like they put on a nice dinner for us. So I, I feel like I did a good job fueling, um, hydrating is clutch. Um, the super shoes, like everyone has their version of it, whatever it is, like that is a game changer in like how we're recovering or how much our body is beat up. But like, you still see like the other pros who had a good day, they're still walking funny, like, you know, having a hard time going down the stairs. Like I saw a couple of people at that dinner that walking down backwards and stuff, not me, but so the shoes are helpful. Um, and yeah, like, yeah. I had a crazy, a crazy week. So like, yeah, I went back to Boston um, after New York and then I was there for like two days. And then, then I flew back to, um, to New York and I had to work, work Thursday, Friday. Um, I went to practice with the team Saturday, Sunday, I worked like a 10 and a half hour shift at the hospital and then worked like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then flew up to, <laughs> to Wait, Boston. Wait, so you flew back, you went to New York, then Boston, then flew to Atlanta where you yes. worked. Okay. Yes. And then flew up to Philly. Yes. So, okay. um, yeah, like, and uh, you know, no pressure, right? Like after New York, we took Monday off, Tuesday off, I think even Wednesday off. And then I, I went for a little jog after work on Thursday. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we, I ate well, what I didn't, I didn't get any physio, any, and no one touched my body between like, you know, um, Thursday before New York, and, um, like last Thursday, like I got like adjusted at, at my chiropractor, like that was it. And, and I think my PT, um, did something like, but like between New York and Philly, n- nothing, like <laughs> nothing. So, um, because again, it was unplanned and whatever, but maybe it was just like eating something, eating, eating. Okay. Like, it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, I'm running a marathon. I have to be all like dieting, whatever, like holding back. You're let's go out for pizza and whatever, like eat some junk food, you know? <laughs> like, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the approach between both two week cycles were like, you it had kind of a down week and then you did like a little work and then it was like pre pre race week. So there was a lot of like not thinking, like there was not much thinking to do. Um, but yeah, I would attribute just to like hydrating well, um, feeling well and like, just like, like kicking back, like, Oh, this is, this is just for funsies. Like, <laughs> I, I have to believe that helps a lot when you, when the way you're approaching this, this three Pete you did where it, New York was the one that you had some pressure, felt some pressure with the other two. This is fun. No one's expecting anything out of me. And I'm just going to go out this from a place of curiosity and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. I have to believe yeah. that shift in mindset makes a huge difference in how you feel when you're approaching these races. So yeah. you cross the finish line, you chit chat with Alephine, you get your pizza, maybe um, some type of Philly. What do they have there? Heroes, um, the sandwiches there. Oh yeah. And the cheese steaks. <laughs> cheese steaks. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Cheese steaks. And then you, at what point do you say, I'm going to call up my coach. I'm going to call up Amy and let her, let her know that I'm going to run CIM. Oh, poor Amy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell her right away. So we did Philly and um, then I go, I go to Long Island, visit my family, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. And she's just like, Oh, you know, like, I'm glad it went well. Like, 
I still, you know, I was like, I feel fine again. And she's like, yeah, I still think you should take like at least a week off or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, on the phone, like, okay, well, yeah, I guess so. Meanwhile, I'm like really considering like, should I do CIM? Like, but I didn't tell the ADA this. So then I messaged my, my agents and I'm like, Hey, uh, what do you think? Can we get me into CIM? You know? So, and they're like, why don't you take a night, like sleep on this, like, see if this is actually like, if you're actually being serious, like if this is something you actually want to do, because like to the world, like running a marathon, it isn't, it's fun, but it's not really fun. Like, you know, it is hard. <laughs> like, it, like you were signing yourself up to like torture yourself basically for two and a half hours, you know? So like, they're like, just think about if you actually want to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll message you tomorrow. And then I was like, yep, yeah, like, like full force, like, let's do it. Let's send it. Like, and they're like, okay. And then they had to see if they can even get me in because that's the whole thing too. So I was really fortunate. Danielle out in uh, CIM, like was cool about it. It's a US championship. So like, of course, like, you know, they're happy to host and, and have people who want to be there, be there. But like, you know, you don't know if the, it's, it's still open, if they can register you, if there's uh, rooms for you, whatever. Um, and then he's like, let me see. And then they got me in. So then it was like, then I finally told Amy. <laughs> and she's like, what the hell? Like, it was like the next day or something. She's like, we literally talked last night and you didn't say a peep about it. And I was like, well, I mean, if if it, if they said hard no, like, then what was the point? <laughs> like, I was like, I didn't want to hear the, the, that I'm an idiot conversation. Like, you know, like, so I just, but, you know, that wasn't fair to her. And I kind of, you know, I, I apologize. Like, I, I should have just said, hey, I am thinking about this. And, you know, maybe I'll sit on it for like a day or two. But like, it's in my mind and let her know that ahead of time. But um, yeah, I just, well, it, sometimes, yeah, um, I didn't want to get the the no. So that's what that's why I did that. But most people should should have better conversations with their coaches. So once you told her that you were going to do this, what was her guidance for you? And what plan did you both come up with to tackle CIM? Because at this point, you knew what you were capable of doing in ideal weather conditions, because you now raced a marathon in hot conditions, and then you raced a marathon in super windy conditions. And so ideally, you would get to CIM and have perfect conditions. What was in your mind about the goal for this race, if anything? Um, so uh, like the, both Philly and CIM were more about me, right? Like, can I do this? You know, like, this is like my own little game. Like, you know, it, it turned into me and like, it was like, you know, females are like superheroes. Like we could do this. Like we are stronger than we think or something. So it just became like that empowerment thing. Um, Amy was like, are you sure? Like, is your body okay? <laughs> you know, she's like, you really think you could do this? And I'm like, I actually, I, I promise I can. And, he, and Andrew Begley was like, are we going to need like a wheelchair at the end of the, not the finish line at CIM? I was like, maybe, <laughs> like, you know? Um, so, um, but yeah, the goal with there was just like, I wanted to, I wanted to get this done, <laughs> you know, and, but once again, the pressure was not there. It was, you know, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, if it went poorly, like the, the post, the tweet, the whatever could have just been, well, I guess three was too many. Like, you know, like, I mean, like that, and like everyone would have joked around with that, you know? So like, it was just about me and I, like, I wanted this so bad. And like, I feel like I've, I've been super fit for races before. And like, I have yet to showcase like what I'm made of and, you know, like what my potential is and what talent I have. And, you know, like, I do believe I'm, I'm like, I should have a faster PR than I have. And, you know, everyone probably says that, but like, I think a lot of people know that with me, you know, they've watched me over the years and they're like, yeah, you know, but so it, 
I feel like I showed everyone like what I'm made of, like, Hey, three and four weeks is like pretty legit. And, you know, like you are obviously very, very strong. Um, and so that, that was just nice for myself. Um, but yeah, like the sub two thirty has been on my mind for a while. I think I could do way more than that, but like, I wanted to just get that little goal tackled, you know, like, and so, and that little goal of course was sub two thirty, which you Mm -hmm. achieved, which is unbelievable. At what point in CIM did you realize that you had it? Oh, I, I wasn't sure. (laughs) Like I I was getting, I was getting nervous, um, at the end, like where I was like just doing math, like four miles to go. I'm like, am I doing, I'm still, I'm still on. Okay. But like, yeah, my goal was to be conservative. I didn't, I wanted to be like, you know, 75, just under 75 minutes, um, at halfway. So that was just like two, three pace, but I I know the course is kind of like, you know, you could really grind and, and like open up the second half. If, if you're having a good day. I had to remember, like I did just put in two marathons. So like my, my opening up might not really open up, but, um, and it didn't quite open up as, as, as much as I thought I would have. Uh, but I knew I, I was doing okay. Like I was seeing some splits and I was like, I'm fine. But even like with like, like 2k to go, I kind of looked, I'm like, okay, even if I split like a stupid slow split, I'm still getting sub 230. So I was fine, but I wasn't sure for a while. Like, and I'm like, God damn, I'm, clo- I'm cutting this like really close. And like my family and my loved ones were like, God, you had us on the, you know, like edge of our seats there. <laughs> like, you know, so, and like, you know, whoever's tracking on the little, the dot on the app, they're like, it just wasn't moving for a little bit. We were nervous, you know? So, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I felt it. Like I felt I was doing it. So um, there's that, <laughs> like you need to like feel it while you're racing just to be like, I'm, I'm good. Did you take a moment at the point where you realized you had it? Did you take a moment to absorb what was happening and sort of think about what you were doing and the feat that you had pulled off over the last month while you were still in the race? Um, I felt like I absorbed it. Like, I feel like the picture I just posted a little bit ago, um, I have this face on and it that was like, I think in the first half and I, I was just so relaxed and I was like, I'm freaking doing this. <laughs> like, and, um, so that's when I knew, but I had to still, I had to still run the race, right? Like I had yeah. like at least 10, 12, 13 miles to go. You know, I don't know when they took that picture, but, um, I was really calm and I'm like, I'm going to pull this off and it's going to be like kind of a big deal. Right. Um, like, you know, who does this? Like, and that was what was like holding me accountable and like, or just whatever, like getting me going. I was like, who does this? Like, I, I'm like the only person who did like, sure. Shalane did like all the majors, like, you know, uh, in 21, like, so, but it wasn't quite this, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So that was getting me going. But, um, so I think that's when I was absorbing it. Like, I'm like actually going to pull this off. I think, um, cause you kind of know at like in the first half of the marathon, like if you're gonna have a good day or not, you know, like if you're feeling kind of rough early, like it's probably not going to end well, like, you know? So I felt really, mm-hmm. really good and really calm. And like that approach was just like so nice and chill. And, um, yeah, I guess it was towards the end or when I finished, when I finished, I was like, oh my God, I just did it. Like, and even like the girl, like a few of the girls who came in a slot or two ahead of me were like, how did you just do that? <laughs> like, you know? So, um, yeah, I think I'm not sure if it's fully set in yet, you know, like, um, like I'm happy okay. with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with it. But all of us athletes are always wanting more, right? Like, and it's every, anyone who runs a race, like any runner period doesn't have to be elite. It's like, we always are like, 
oh, no, next time I could do this or I want to do that. You know, like always PR, always something better. So I think I'm, that's where I'm at. Like, wow. And people have said, like, imagine if she just did CIM, you know, like, um, and it's like, yeah, imagine, you know, but um, so I am like, oh, look, I wonder what I am really made of. But like, I am trying to absorb it and be like really proud of me, myself and like my efforts and like the work I put in. And I think I have showcased like the fitness I probably had for New York, um, you know, with these two other races. I loved what you wrote. Um just today, if you don't mind, I want to read it. Sure. You wrote something about that moment and you said, this is the face of I've got this. The good thing about being in the later stages of your career is knowing your body. And I mean, I have to know it decently well to even consider embarking on my three marathons in four weeks. Run CIM for me was my own competition within the actual competition. I had my own time goal for myself, which was finally to get under 230. And then if I could start rolling the second half, third of the race, pick off people and be back in the main competition at that point. I set out with my plan, stuck with it. And yeah, I'd say mission accomplished. <laughs> it's really great. And I think you set such a shining example of the fact that we can create our own path and our own goals and they do not have to be others' expectations. Now, I'm certainly not here as a coach to promote that everybody run three marathons <laughs> within a four-week period. However, the message that you are sending out to everyone is that you can create goals that mean a lot to you, and those goals will carry you through even when the process is difficult. And I have to believe that somewhere inside of you, you figured that out during your injury when you were unconventionally training for Boston a year ago, trying to figure out how to get to that start line, you succeeded. And then from that experience, you realize that, hey, I'm an experiment of one here and I can create goals for myself that are important to me. And in, in that process, also show others, as you mentioned, how fit I am, because this is your job too. And I just really commend you for being able to not only set those high goals for yourself, but you figured out a way to enjoy it even after the first race, which was heartbreaking for you to, to turn that around and figure out a way to still make it fun for you is a tremendous accomplishment. And I hope you're super proud of that too. I am. Thank you. Yeah. I mean that you just nailed it. Um, and I, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think we should, I should start writing the training plan for what I, <laughs> for the three marathon, like that, that I wouldn't recommend to others either, but yeah, to find your own challenges and find something to get you going and get excited about and, you know, like test your body out. Like knowing yourself is, is the biggest takeaway there. Like, can you handle it? Like you have to use your, your own sense <laughs> of self there to see if that's like a reasonable, realistic goal you know, but when you kind of know you've been in sport for a while, or you've been doing this for a long time, like what you're capable of, what you can handle, like, you know, I think my high mileage, you know, has showed that I could handle all this stuff, but it became a new goal. And like, sure. My, my other goal could have been like, yeah, I want to win the race or I want to run 226 or something. But what I, my goal that I put out there was like what I did, what I wanted to do, what I knew I could do. And I can walk away like, yup, I did it and I'm happy about that. And so that's cool. And like, yeah, like, I mean, someone's got to do, try something first, you know? So like, if it was me who tried this, like, good for me. I, I you know, I set precedence with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like someone had to do the 50K first and someone had to do the 100 mile, like ultras, you know, like 
So you, it's always like a crapshoot sort of like to see like what, what you can do and what you can't do. So, um, but this was my newest challenge and I liked it. Would I repeat it? Don't know. <laughs> like, but, um, you know, it was fun while, while it was happening. Well, congratulations, Megan. I hope you sit in this accomplishment for quite some time. And do you have any plans for future races yet? Are you allowed to share that? <sighs> I don't have any plans. Um, I feel like maybe things will come into fruition after, after this feat, uh, you know, like, uh, maybe opportunities will uh, arise or someone will reach out. Um, and I've had a few things like, you know, track stuff. I'm like, you know, um, <laughs> I haven't done track in a million years. Uh, that would be hilarious, but maybe that could be something that's funny to me. That's a challenge. And that I take with that same no pressure approach and, and turns into being a good thing. But, um, yeah, I have no idea what's next. I'm um, just coming to actually take some time t- for rest and recovery right now. And, you know, it's nice that it coincides with um, the holiday uh, time. So um, we'll see. But I will let you guys know if I know. Um, but I have not been scheming um, something in t- for two weeks. And I, I looked and th- I don't even think there are marathons in- <laughs> on like the 17th. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Megan, we know that big things are still yet to come for you, and we are excited to continue following your career. We have no doubt that exciting things are happening, and we're just so proud and impressed by everything you've done and your approach to your running, and um, big shout out to your coach, Amy, too. She sounds, she is incredible as as a runner and a coach, and the way that she worked with you, I, I commend her as well, because her support, I know, meant the world to you, knowing that she had you had your back and supported you in spite of maybe not necessarily adhering to her training plan at the time. It all worked out. And that's a sign of a great coach and a great team. Thanks so much for joining us. And before we go, thanks for having me. Thank you. And before we go, I just want to ask you one last question is, and that is if there's any message today that you want to send out to the running community, here's your platform. Just find something that makes you happy, like find something that drives you and, um, and go for it. Like if it's a new challenge, go for it. You know, like the biggest takeaway is like, if it makes you happy, if you're having fun, then that, then that's what you should be doing. Absolutely. So if anyone isn't go ahead and follow Megan on Instagram under Megan Kripton. She's got a great platform over there. And, um, are you anywhere else on social media? That's my primary, just my um, Insta. I mean, I do have a Twitter, but I never use it. So I apologize to anyone who has tweeted at me. Um, like, But yeah, um, that's it, Insta. And then I have like a Facebook page from what I made a million years ago, but it's there. Uh, you could follow my athlete page, but Insta is the way to go. That's where I'll be most active. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Megan. You were terrific and best of luck and have a great rest and recovery this month and, and over the holidays. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's always nice to see your smiling face and um, uh, yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. You too. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the run farther and faster Boston marathon podcast. We want to give a special thanks to our editor, Aaron Bryant. And if you enjoyed this episode and enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with others and please leave a review if you haven't done so already on iTunes. Thanks for listening and have a great week.